Welcome to another episode of Talk Toby to Me. I'm Jess. And I'm Meg, and we're two sisters that love to talk all things business, mindset, self-development, and everything in between. This is normally part of our weekly phone catch-ups, but hot girls don't gatekeep, so we've decided to bring our combos to you. Hey, Sissy Bay. Hey, Boo. Saw you two minutes ago in the last yeah. episode. <laughs> so we don't have any weekly update for you guys on this episode because we are batch recording because I'm going to be away for the next three Fridays. So we're going to get straight into it. We're doing a big sissy advice app. But before we get into the questions, I just want to read one of the ones that we got because I think I know the one you're going to say. I love this. Yeah. Is it the second one? Yeah, because it's just so damn cute and we just love it so much because it's the whole reason we do these episodes or why we wanted to do these episodes. So it says, not a cue, but letting you know you answered my relationship question in the last advice app and I put your advice into practice and had a really open chat with my BF and I feel so much better and solid in our relationship already, in brackets, which is so funny to say considering we've been together so long, haha. When I sent the question in, I was basically telling myself that you'd probably say, sis, that's not normal, run away. But to hear you guys talk about how it's probably common to have feelings like this, as well as advice on how to approach the sitch was such a relief. Basically, your big sissy advice apps are now my all-time favourite. I love it so much. Bless her cotton socks. I literally love that. I know. Oh, my God. Okay, question one. Hi, gals. I recently dove into my journey of trying to be more organized and productive in my day-to-day life. And one thing I've realized is that I struggle to make time to catch up with friends. It might sound stupid, but I live about 50 minutes away from from most of my friends and always feel the pressure of having to drive to them if we want to catch up because I'm the one who lives away from majority. When I do the maths, it ends up taking hours of my day traveling there and back plus catch-up time. How do I navigate the feeling of guilt in having to ask them to meet me halfway? And Another huge thing for me is how do I set the boundary of I can only catch up for 45 minutes, et cetera, because I always find it hard to wrap up the catch up and feel guilty because I've got shit to do. Sorry for the long message, but yeah, I guess I'm asking how do I navigate catching up with friends without it taking up so much time when I'm super busy and feeling guilty of setting a time constraint because I tend to get carried away. It makes catching up with friends a lot of effort and I don't want it to be like that. Thanks, gals. I I love this question. Yeah, I think I can relate to that. Oh, actually, we both can because a lot of my friends live in Sydney and I'm the one that lives in Wollongong away from everyone else. Yeah, same with me with Brisbane. Like, obviously, I have friends in Wollongong, but when I was listening to that, I was thinking of how I manage that with my friends in Sydney. Yeah, but I also have a lot to say about the Mm. time boundary. Of course you do. (laughs) Mm. Okay, so let's break this up into the three different parts of the question. The first part is about how they live 50 minutes away from their friends and they feel like they always have to drive to their friends instead of their friends coming to them because the majority of their friends live in the other spot. I think that firstly, why do they feel the need to be the one to do all the travelling if the relationship is mutual? Yeah. And second of all, if five of their friends live 50 minutes away and they're the only one that lives in that you know, area 50 minutes away. So it's super close and easy and convenient for the rest of the friends to catch up in their area. They are the only one that would have to travel. Otherwise, the five people have to travel. Yeah, but they're not catching up with the five people every time. Well, it sounds like, because if not, then that's 
not an issue. You just take it turns. I'm hearing that they are lacking confidence in their own self-worth and boundaries to be able to feel like in a mutually beneficial relationship that the other person wouldn't want to travel to them. 100%. They don't feel like the other people will travel for them. So they feel like they've only got one option. Either they travel or Mm. they don't end up catching up because the other people don't want to travel because the friendship is not worth it to the other people. And I think that speaks volumes in itself. Mm. So I have a lot of friends in Sydney and I think that it's a no-brainer in our relationship that we all either meet at Cronulla for lunch or dinner or whatever or we'll take turns. Yeah, or we'll take turns and one person, like Izzy I'm seeing Friday night for dinner and she offered to come down here and she's a mum of two and I'm single and could just as easily drive to her. But we take it in turns or we meet halfway and I think that's because we're both secure in A, ourselves and B, the value that we provide to the relationship. Absolutely. And I feel the same with my Brisbane friends. We'll definitely take turns. And I guess the other situation would be if you're like some of my friends, if I've got heaps on with work for this particular season of my life, they might travel two or three more times, but then it's just like, okay, well, when my work or life slows down a bit, then I'm going to make that up and travel Mm. more to you. So like, there's going to obviously be times when it's out of balance, but I think overall. And I think that's so important in any relationship is it'd be interesting for this person to take a look at all of their relationships, romantic or otherwise, romantic, professional friendships, whatever, and look at where do they, like it's giving people pleasing. Yes. Like where do they feel that it's give and take and not just give? Yeah. Because absolutely if you're the one that lives further, you're the only one that lives away, like, yeah, you might travel more often than the others do, but if you're if this is a mutually beneficial relationship and you're both providing value and you both care about each other and love one another and respect each other, I'm sorry, but a good friend would be more than happy to take turns, maybe not as much, but take turns. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That's probably a bit harsh. No, I don't think so at all. And, like, I think it's important what you said, like, maybe not always, It's not. it might not always be 50-50. Mm. But that's like any relationship, like you pick up the slack sometimes for the other person and vice versa. Yeah. I also feel like I know you're going to go balls deep into talking about the time restraint, but I also feel like as someone that lives far away from the rest of my friends, I'm like fully aware and so are my friends that we're not going to catch up as often as we would if we lived close by. And actually that's probably not even true because I feel like you say that and then when you live close by, like you don't see each other anymore often than you yeah yeah fully I feel like sometimes that's more like because you've got to actively put in the planet yeah 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 but like I absolutely will see these friends less often than I would like to but I'm able to like set aside that time to be super present with them when I do see them because it isn't often Mm. so like whilst you'll talk on the time restraints on that actual day I think understanding that it's so fine for you there is absolutely nothing like it's so fine for you to not see them as often because you have shit to do yeah that's life like yeah and I think going back to the values app and the boundaries app and the communications app if you haven't listened to those whoever's said this in 
those are all the foundations that will help serve you in these kind of scenarios because like are these friendships and is this time spent with these people serving your values like if so then absolutely do them but you've obviously got like life is dynamic and you've got obviously other priorities and other values that you want to make sure you live to so it's it's getting a bit deep but like you want to make sure like that you're fueling all of those values and connection with these friends is not going to be something that's going to be 24 7 or as often as you may like because you're trying to prioritize other things as well and that's totally fine and most adults will understand that Mm. and if they don't that's more about them than you there's two different things that are coming to mind with the time constraint and one of them I think will take you by surprise Jess and I'll talk to that one first I feel like if you're not seeing these people very often, let's say it's once a month or once every two months even, which is quite regular for like my Brisbane friends or even every three months, I feel like 45 minutes is is being a bit unreasonable. That's exactly what I was just saying. Like I might see Izzy once every six months or like I can think of a handful of other girlfriends in Sydney. Like I might see them every year. Yeah. But I'm not rushing off to go somewhere else when I like I when I set that time I'm very present with them for that period of time yes and I feel like maybe you need to potentially think about quality over quantity Mm. if you're stressing to catch up with these people quite regularly for only 45 minutes maybe you'd actually be better off catching up with them half the time and not stressing about leaving and Mm. having more time to spend with them And like what you were just saying, Jess, about your values, if connection and quality time and stuff like that is important to you, then that's very much giving quality over quantity. Yes. And you'll be able to show up as a much better version of yourself. And you'd probably be surprised that they'd probably be fucking on board with that because everyone else is fucking busy too. Yeah. Because like what you just said, like when I catch up with my Brisbane girlfriends, I'm not spending the entire day with them, don't get me wrong, but I'm present and I'm able to give them as much time as we need to catch up. And then on the flip side, let's say you do reduce the frequency you catch up with them and you still have like, you know, a one and a half, two hour time constraint, whatever it is. It's going back to the episodes on boundaries and communication and understanding that you're not going to show up as your best self if you're, you know, hanging out for longer than you want to because you've got other things on your mind. Because you're not Mm -hmm. going to be present and you're not going to be giving them the best version of you. So, like, it's pointless to even be spending that time with them if you're not going to be present and be showing up as the best version of yourself. So being super clear at the start, like, and we do this all the time on phone calls, saying, I'm fairly sure you said to me the last night, was it, you've got three minutes. (laughs) Like, you just... You just say it. It's not like personal. It's not just, aggressive. It's just assertive with your like communicating your needs. Yeah, but it's also like doing it before the fact. So before you catch up, yeah, I'd fucking love to catch up, but I I've only got an hour and a half, or I've only got two hours because of X Y. You don't even need to say because. You literally can you just, just say, say I've got to go by two. That's yeah. the end of the sentence. They don't. You don't need to because I think, and this is a whole other topic. But I think if you then over-explain yourself you're lacking confidence in what you're saying. So if you're trying to over-explain all these million things you've got to do and that's why you've got to go, the other person is just going to think, fucking, she just 
they just do not want to hang out with me and yeah. they're making excuses. And I think that is, again, going back to the previous apps on communication and boundaries is when you start to do this with these friends that you've obviously been friends with for quite some time, they might be like taken aback and there might be a bit of resistance. But once it becomes your new normal, they're just going to be like, oh, yeah, true. Yeah, 100%. Like you don't take it personally when I say, yeah, we can call, but I've only got five minutes because it's not. I love that because then I know I'm fucking back to my tea in six. Yeah, like it's like not... It's And actually, that's a good point. The other people are probably like, fuck yeah, because it's giving them more clarity of like yes. what's happening. Yeah. Like it's like a running joke with my girlfriends in Wollongong that we're like early dinner, home by eight. Mm. It's like an agreed thing. 5.30 yeah. dinner, home by eight. Yeah. Like a joke, but not. Yeah. It allows you to be more present in the moment because then when you're in the moment, you're not thinking, oh my God, I haven't t- told them I need to go by this time. And they're just talking, but they've got no fucking idea you need to go because you yeah. haven't communicated that. So you to need- recap, I would probably be thinking about the fact that as a mutually beneficial relationship, it is totally acceptable for you guys to take turns. Second of all, quality over quantity, because if they are far away and we're all adults that have lives that are busy, it is totally reasonable to see them less, but they be quite quality present catch-ups. And third of all, be very clear in your communication and boundaries about when you need to leave so that you can show up as your best self in the time that you're with them. Yeah. Clear before the fact. Mm. So that everyone When you're is making the plans. Yeah. Like Meg and I do this 24-7, like even today. We've got to record two pods. She's got to be done by 11 because she's got to call at 11.30. And I'm like, sweet, cool. I'm going to have from 11 onwards to do work and like, or twiddle my thumbs. Because I could have easily just gone, all right, our podcasts usually take this long, so I'll just hope that it's finished by this time. But that's just like assuming. It's like making an assumption instead of just being fucking clear at the start and then you don't have to assume or hope for anything. Mm. Right. Question two. I'm wanting to study a Bachelor of Science in naturopathy, but afraid of leaving my cozy, well-paying job once finished study. How can I back myself enough to be able to work for myself? Should I have a lot of savings or a game plan? Help. How did you do it, Jess? Oh, juicy. I love this. So I've got a couple of opinions on this. One being like, what we were talking about in the app about our goals is that we're always continuously pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone to stretch ourselves further than where we currently are, but not completely ridiculously irrational because we'll like the next decision we make will again push us further, further, further. And then we look back and we've come really, really far. And then going back to my journey is there's a piece around taking the risk It's also, I feel, got to be an educated risk. Yeah. Like a calculated Calculated. risk. Mm. So for me, when I quit my full-time job to pursue my business full-time, I absolutely did not have full books. I absolutely could not guarantee the clients would come. But I had provided evidence to myself over a period of 18 months that I could progressively grow my business and had say a month or two Saturdays fully booked in advance that would cover that income before I took the leap. So whilst it could have gone 
one way. I had provided myself enough evidence that I could do what I wanted to do, but it was still a bit of a stretch. So if you haven't listened to the ep on our stories, to cut a long story short, my career previously was in fashion and it was really intense and long, long hours. So that was not going to work for me to then start a business. It wasn't logistically possible. So I got a job that I could do that would cover my bills while I slowly built up my business over time. Yeah. And obviously people don't see that because they just see me as successful now. And then once I had a little bit of consistency with clients and income with my business, which took 12 months, and by no means was I busy, I then dropped my full-time job back down to four days. And I think, again, something really important to note is that the way I show up in one thing is the way I show up in everything. So the value that I provided that job was obviously enough value for them to rather keep me for four days than me to quit entirely. I love that. So I then cut my full-time job down to four days so that I could then add on an additional day doing brow tattooing. And then when I had filled the Friday, Saturday brow tattooing for say an additional six months of grinding, I then had somewhat consistent Friday, Saturdays. And again, I was charging pennies then. So I definitely wasn't like it wasn't a thriving business by any means, but I had A, provided myself evidence that I could continue to grow this business and B, had made a calculated decision that I could cover my bills. Yeah. So I didn't dive into a stupid decision. Like I know people that quit their jobs before they've got the next job and to me that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Because unless you have heaps of savings or you live at home or whatever, like to me, you make risk, risky decisions with some kind of calculations to ensure success. Yeah. I'm not blindly making a risky decision. So then I think the other thing that's really important to remember, and I'm sure you'll have something to say on this, Meg, is that when you're starting something like this, you have to grind. Like whilst I've built my business now to be very balanced and I don't, like I still grind, but in other ways to launch new things, I think it's important to know that no matter what you see on social media or what people tell you or whatever, those first few years of building this naturopathy business that you want to build, it's going to be a grind and it is likely going to be long hours of you growing that from scratch whilst you work in this other business. Yeah. Until you can then support yourself to leave that job. And giving yourself a deadline is always a good strategy because, for example, Putting yourself in that situation where you're going to take that risk, it forces you to really put the work in. Whereas whilst you do have that cushy job, you're probably not going to work as hard as you would if you didn't have that cushy job there. So I think giving yourself a timeline, like logistically to answer this question, to give direct advice, giving yourself a timeline for how long you're going to take to slowly grow your business on the side whilst you work that job. And then step two, potentially cutting that down to part-time once you're making a little bit of income in your full-time business or you've got enough savings to support you. However, I don't think the savings is enough of a solution because you haven't provided any evidence yet that you could build the business. Mm. So, yes, having the savings is crucial once you, you need to be go able out like- on your own, but I think it's important to start growing the business whilst you work there. Yeah, like you need to be able to have projections for the future of your business. Yeah, and I think doing a stage approach like what I did is a great way. Obviously, there's people that have done it differently, but 
starting to put in the work on your business whilst you work there. Phase two, once you've got some income from this business, cutting that job back so that you can still pay your bills and live the life that you want, whatever. And I think really important to emphasize what you said about cutting the work back. If you feel like your employer won't allow that, then it could potentially be a reflection of the value you're providing that employer. Mm. Or a limiting belief. Yes, because no one else might have done it before. Yes, and I was absolutely the first person in that job to do that. And if you don't ask, the answer is always no. Yeah, absolutely. And then so what's like what's the worst thing that can happen by you asking? Absolutely. And also, sorry, on actually asking that question, you need to go in with a lot of conviction that you like if you come in going, Oh, would it be okay if I went part time? Mm. They're gonna go, No. Yeah. Like you need to come in really confident that they should give you that opportunity and you'll be able to still serve the business. Yeah. Because if they see that they can say no and you will accept it, they'll say no. Yeah, yeah. So you almost need to fake it till you make it and go, look, I'm ready to leave, but I was thinking could I do part-time instead to phase my way out while I onboard someone new for you guys or whatever. Um, And then phase three of that would then be leaving that job once you have provided enough evidence that you actually can make a steady income to fund your lifestyle. Yeah. And what you said about the savings, the savings may also do a similar thing to what the well-paying cozy job will do Mm. by keeping you from not growing the business because it's, you've got that savings there. So yeah, I I think absolutely had zero savings when I went out on my own. Yeah. But that forced me to make a decision. Do I want to sink or swim? Yeah. So you need to push yourself to a stretch Like you need to push yourself out of your comfort zone that it will be a stretch, but calculated. Yeah. You're not just like quitting everything that you can't even pay your bills. Yeah. (laughs) I think as well, something that, that just came up for me was if you do end up needing to leave your well-paying job for a different job, that's going to like, that's going to allow you to work on the business. There's no shame in having a job temporarily that you, you know, potentially don't think is what other people would consider like a good job. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's exactly what I did. Like I, my whole, I studied fashion. My whole background was fashion. That was my passion. It still is. And I wanted to make something of this business and there was absolutely no way that I could have done that while I worked in that job. Yeah. So I got a random admin job and kind of backtracked in life temporarily Yeah. to be able to grow my business. So I totally agree with that. Yeah. And it just comes down to, the confidence that you have in in the bigger picture and how and, you can. Yeah, and again on like how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if you're willing to do what it takes in that regard, you're going to be willing to do what it takes in your business to make it succeed. 100%. But if you're worried about, and this person might not be at all, but I feel like it. I came up, I thought of it, so someone might be. If you're worried about, you know, what other people might think by you getting this part-time random job, like that's going to also reflect massively in your ability to build this new business mm. because you've got to overcome a lot of those type of challenges when you're in business. Yeah, limiting but, beliefs, imposter syndrome, all of that. Yeah, and like, you know, worrying what other people are thinking. Yeah, that's huge. Mm. That's a whole other topic. Yeah. 
Let us know if you want an app on that. <laughs> Question three. I started a new job this year. I love the actual work involved and it's a great opportunity in that it's a senior role with a lot of autonomy and opportunity for further professional growth. The catch is that the workplace culture is pretty toxic. The founder is very difficult to work with. And when I started, multiple people were already talking about how they're looking to leave because they feel they can't cope. Half the team have already left. I'm finding it really hard to stay positive when the overall vibe is quite negative and I don't know what the best move is. I'm not sure how to make the situation better and I feel like in terms of culture, the situation is beyond fixing. Should I stick it out for the experience or look elsewhere? Give me all the advice and thoughts, please. That's really interesting because I had a girlfriend and it's definitely not her that submitted that because it's different, but it's very similar to a girlfriend who messaged me the other day asking for advice on a similar topic regarding it kind of coming across as unfixable. I love that's the key part. I just love this question because I've also had a client who has had this similar mindset initially. And when she's started showing up the way that she truly wants to show up, it has actually changed the way other people behave. I absolutely couldn't agree more. And very aligned with our last episode on you can only work on yourself. If you want to work on your relationships with others and how other people, you know, influence you, you can only start from yourself. You can only control the way you behave and the way you show up. Yeah. And there is no more truth than what you just said about the way you show up will directly impact how people show up around you and towards you. Absolutely. And you could look at this as an opportunity to improve the lives and, you know, mental state of other people mm. because you could be the catalyst that they need to change. I could not agree more. Oh, I just got goosebumps. I love that. <laughs> because, yeah, I think when people are hurt, oh, that's like a whole other thing. I was going to say hurt people hurt people because, like, like, a lot of these people, they just need you to show up in a positive light to give them permission to Mm. let's answer this like with a actual like what would we do in this situation because 100% your environment can impact how you feel and how you show up but it can work both ways you Mm. can impact your environment by how you show up and how you feel so it says at the end it's beyond fixing should I stick it out for the experience or look elsewhere I would absolutely take it as an opportunity yeah it's like a challenge almost like yeah, I, this excites me be, yeah but it also doesn't need to be indefinitely it may have an expiry date yeah and that's a good point you could say okay I'm going to see this out until you know three months time and I'm going to do everything in my power to change the vibe of this place it's and it's a great opportunity for personal growth yes absolutely And Meg and I are so big on things happening when and why they should. Mm, Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Like this, like could this be showing up in your life for a purpose to challenge you in this area? Back on what I said about my client who told me about this situation, it was a very similar situation with the toxicity. There was heaps of gossip in the workplace and she literally said to These women that were trying to gossip to her, like, I'm not really interested in having these kind of conversations and then just pivoted the conversation to a Mm. different way. And she was explaining to me how it fully changed 
what they spoke about and not necessarily in the whole workplace because that's obviously a work like that's going to be a process but those people no longer had those conversations with her and again it's a learned behavior that this whole workplace workplace needs to unlearn so it will potentially it will definitely take time it's not going to be an overnight change but I also think that it's really easy to say that so-and-so is showing up xyz and feed into that Mm. or just even enable it yeah and I think it's a great opportunity to see if you are identifying that are you doing are you enabling or feeding into that behavior yeah 100 percent. so as a recap I think the biggest takeaway is leading by example yeah and this is an opportunity for growth yeah and then however yeah from a more like tangible perspective put a time frame on it for yourself yeah like if it was impacting you meant your mental health for example to a degree that was unsafe that is completely different do you know what else I just randomly thought of you could even go to the founder and or whoever that you know in management and suggest a team building day or something like that mm. because like we've just done the seminar at the hair salon with a nutrition component but also a psychology component where it was all things about communication and improving the well-being of you know all the staff so you could even like suggest something like that because I think again what I said earlier like a lot of these people would want that they would probably deep down want to be not stuck in this toxicity as well but they just can't see that way out so you can be that catalyst for that change I fucking love that yeah fucking it's like a challenge like it's like cool that's how I feel in like the beauty industry because it's such a cliche with like how people absolutely about one another and I'm just absolutely not having a bar of that in my business in my life in my salon yeah 100 percent Love that. Last question. We've got more, but I'm fucking frothing these episodes. We're going to keep doing them. Question four. Jess, how did you gain your bitch-ass golden confidence back after your breakup? Your gold, baby. Oh, my God. I love that so much. (laughs) Um, Okay. Can I start? Yeah, hit me. I'd love to hear it from your point of view. I think the fact that it says confidence back is key because I think yourself and probably a lot of people who go into a relationship that doesn't serve them and then they leave have that confidence to begin with and it gets crushed in the process Mm. and I think that's very much the case for you so I think firstly did you have that confidence before the relationship Mm. to whoever sent this in because building confidence period versus building the confidence back yeah so I feel like my confidence now is in a lot more integrity than it ever was before too. And I can honestly attribute that to me starting to make the right decisions for me and also being by myself. Being by myself on purpose has given me so much time to reflect and grow and evolve and rebuild my confidence that I had lost. Do you want to talk about some things that you do by yourself too? Because being by yourself in isolation isn't going to build your confidence. So I guess what are the things that you worked on? Revisiting my values and making sure that the decisions I made 
and make and continue to make in my life serve my own values because then I'm kind of like giving myself evidence that I'm worthy almost. I don't know how to really explain that. I feel like confidence Mm. for anyone comes down to living in alignment with your values because I think if you if you are truly living in alignment with your values then like anything can happen to you or around you and you know that you're living in integrity living in integrity yes yeah that's absolutely right so I have spent a lot of time purposely on my own refining my life to serve me so that I can live in integrity with myself and what I value. Mm. And I think the confidence comes from doing things to provide evidence to yourself that you are so good on your own. So that when the time comes that I I meet that, yeah, like I feel like I've probably just started thinking about like getting back into dating. And I feel like when I meet someone in the future, because like we've said in the past, I've picked the wrong people in the past because I hadn't done the work. And whilst that's ongoing, I think that when I meet someone in the future, they're going to compliment me and my life and how secure I am in myself rather than me feeling like I need them to complete myself. Yeah, 100%. But that's not really answering how I've rebuilt my confidence. Should maybe think because being able to rely on something, something or someone, and I think that's really important because you can go into a relationship with confidence that regardless of what happens, you you can rely on, you can always rely on yourself. Yeah. So I think creating that evidence through the things you're doing in your life that you can rely on yourself. Yeah, for sure. And then the other thing that really helped me rebuild rebuild my confidence was like constantly challenging myself. Like I feel like I'm someone that obviously growth is one of my highest values, but constantly challenging myself again proves to me that I'm capable and I'm worthy of whatever I set my mind to. And then that all leads into me being so secure in myself that I truly don't care what anybody else thinks about me because the people that know me truly and care about me and love me and are in my circle know really what I'm like and the people that are making those judgments on you that would be impacting your self-esteem previously are not your people. What they think about you is a reflection on them rather than anything to do with you. Yeah. And the reason why I said that is because I think fear of judgment and um, fear of showing up as your authentic self is one of the biggest barriers to like building your self-confidence. Yeah. So I think what you always say, Meg, is like you're delaying the inevitable. Like if I just show up, what? how is it authentic to me? If you like it, great. If you don't, you don't. And then I'm not delaying the inevitable that you're not going to like it down the line. Yeah. Have I answered that? I don't know if I've answered that. Yeah, I think you have. I'm just trying to think like, because I feel like I'm very confident, always have been. And I'm trying to think like uh, besides just living in alignment with my values of authenticity, like doing what I say I'm going to do and and being the person that I say that I am, mm. which is integrity. Because I think even when I do, even when I like fuck things up or it doesn't impact my self-confidence because or self-worth and they're kind of like intertwined because you don't I know that I am something about you as a person. Yeah, because I knew going into it 
that I was doing that because that was what I knew at the time. Mm. That was what was right for me at the time. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I think if you're going through a breakup, you should absolutely utilise tools that are going to get you to this place. And I absolutely have done extensive therapy since my breakup, psychologist, psychiatrist, um, so much work like from that professional standpoint to then allow me to go and do all these things that provide evidence to myself. Like I confidently go down to the sunrise by myself every single morning where everyone's with all their friends and groups and whatever. I obviously have friends that I meet sometimes and I'll see people that I know down there or whatever. But I know that, for example, I'm just plucking an example out of thin air. There'd be a lot of people that would not be confident to do that. And I think doing it and then realizing that you're okay and nobody else gave a fuck that you were sitting there listening to your podcast by yourself gives you evidence that you are totally confident to do that. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what I was saying before about like I can go take myself out to lunch and be in love that. I yeah, and I actually froth that. I'm gonna so go much. do that after this because I'm starving. But a lot like you said, a lot of people won't won't do that. But it's because I know that I provide I don't know how to explain like because I provide value to in other ways. In other ways. Yeah. And also if you've had a breakup, go and fucking get hot. <laughs> go and go to the gym. Eat well. Do all these things that fucking serve you that you couldn't do before when you were being weighed down by your fucking relationship that clearly didn't serve you. I'm just yeah. assuming they've been through a breakup. Yeah. Like go and do the things that make you feel good. Yeah. I love that because That's like the the gist of what I was just trying to get to. Yeah. Like literally – I think even just from a physical, like putting a nice outfit on, doing your hair, get your hair done, going out to nice, like yeah, like actually those things, they're like the vehicle that'll allow you to show up. Like I eat really well. I go to the gym. I fucking get a spray tan every Thursday. I get my brows done every month. Whatever it is, like so that I fucking feel good. And there's Mm. nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. And I think one other tip is just making sure you're surrounding yourself by with the right people that are mm. going to lift you up and not keep you stuck mm. because of their own projections. Yeah, and that was a huge part. I feel like we've just gotten into the fucking answer and anyone who listens to every app will already know this. A huge part of my post-breakup process. Because people will see you struggling, quote-unquote friends, and it'll make them feel better because of what they're potentially going through or how they feel about themselves. And they'll want to like trauma bond with you to keep you there. Mm. So making sure you're yeah spending time with the right people that are going to lift you up and cheer you on. You don't want to surround yourself purely with people that just make you feel safe and easy. Don't get me wrong. You want to surround yourself with people that challenge you to be better but they should make you feel good rather than making you feel fucking rubbish. Yeah. So fuck those flops off and, and do shit create, that you like doing. Yeah, create evidence that you are living authentically in alignment with your values. And get hot. <laughs> and get hot. Let's leave it there. We've right. got more, but keep sending them in because we I love, love this. these apps. Same. We hope you found value. We trust you found value in Bro. this app. Come on. Sorry, you've got to cut it out every time. <laughs> We're almost up to 20. We're at- <gasps> Oh, is this 20? Oh, my God. This is ep 20. 
Oh my God. I'm, I'm so proud of us. Oh my God. I love that. We trust you found value in this episode. We would absolutely love if you would pay it forward to someone else who you think might benefit from this app because we'd love to share our value with others and it also really helps us grow the podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at TalkToveyToMePod and the anonymous form for these questions are always linked in our bio so you can pop them in anytime. And we haven't missed the rest. We will do them in the next step. So if you submitted a cue that wasn't about my personal love life, (laughs) we will answer it in the future. Love Love you. you, bye. Bye.